Hello guys, today's another episode of this podcast. Today I'm with uh, Michael, uh, Duncan, Eli, Nathan, and I'm your host Ricky. And today we're going to be talking about government podcast topics. So, which which rights of the Constitution are the most important? Honestly, I feel like the most important right was the right to privacy and property. What do you guys think? Um, you want to start off, Eli? Yeah, um, I honestly, I have to say, like, the First Amendment, just, like, um, which is just, like, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and, like, freedom of petition the government. I feel like that's important because it's, like, Without that, we would we wouldn't really have um, like the freedom to like exchange each other's ideas and like freely speak up to what we want to say and like, like the freedom to religion is also like really important too because we want to feel like we have our own way to live our lives and so um, yeah basically that's all I have to say. I'm gonna have to agree with Eli there because with freedom of speech we can critique the government and if we can't critique the government then there's they'll just turn on us they'll do anything to get their way rather than what's good for the people. Um, and with freedom of uh, freedom of speech, we can be the change we want to see in the world. So that's why I think it's most important. Yeah, and for me, I also agree with Eli and Duncan uh, with the freedom of speech and the Fourth Amendment, uh, just because I think it's very important for people's rights not to be violated, right, against their will, especially if they're constitutional. I mean, it's set in paper, right? So why, why mess it up? Yeah, I'm gonna add on to all your guys's uh, yeah, the whole thing with like pushing the government to be able to speak up and stuff. It's, I think it's also very important to have the right to vote uh, in case that you know you disagree with the government or something. Or you, you believe that they're not protecting your rights or whatever. You should be able to vote those officials out so you can put them in new, put in place new ones that will actually help with what you want to have. Right. And then also talking about the rights, what do you guys think is the most important one to your guys' own opinion? The most important? Yeah, the most just, important. Just, just one out of all of them? Yeah. Because mm. I said the Fourth Amendment, but what do you guys think? I also said the Fourth Amendment because I, not having your uh, rights violated and stuff, I feel like that's more important, but, you know. Well, the Fourth Amendment's right to privacy. And like, yeah, it's a right to privacy, so it gives you, I feel like that's more important. Yeah, because then it, it, like, allows you to, you know. Be yourself. Be your own be yourself person. in some kind of area rather yeah. than, like, you can't yeah. be yourself anywhere. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like if we don't have freedom of speech, then there's like no point. Like if we have, yeah, I guess if we don't have privacy, then it wouldn't make sense either. Um, I feel like freedom of speech is just as important. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and the reason why I said it was really good is because now these days, you know, cops and like the government are starting to like take over everything for no reason. Sometimes they have a reason, sometimes they don't. And I feel like if we didn't have this right, they could just walk into your house whenever they want to without even asking. Yeah, and then I also want to add on, like, I feel like just adding on to what Ricky said about, like, cops, like, just taking over. Like, if we didn't have the freedom of speech, like, we wouldn't be able to, like, speak up about our own opinions yeah. like how we feel and, like, um, what the government means to, like, improve on or to, like, change it and stuff, so. Or about what the government's doing wrong. Yeah, just, like, yeah. about anything, really. So I feel like it's important to have that freedom of speech in order to, like, make sure that everyone knows or, like, is aware of, like, what's going on with, like, uh, the country's issues and stuff.
Because without freedom of speech, there is no peaceful protesting. There is just riots. You know, there's no, there's none of that. So the Freedom of Speech Act, I feel like it protects the citizens a lot more against the government. And it, and it, you know, the right to privacy as well. Like you need certain warrants and stuff to enter people's houses if you're in the police force. And I feel like that's perfect. Like that's exactly what it needs to be. A stranger in your house. You know? Just to add on to our. Um right to privacy and stuff not it's not really, it's not actually specifically stated anywhere in the constitution that we have the right to privacy but right. um, it is good that uh the supreme court was able to justify was able to justify um having privacy be defined in the constitution um one such example is the griswold versus connecticut case where um it was essentially just married couples were able to use contraceptives um, or they were using contraceptives and they got in trouble for it, but then the Supreme Court said it was allowed. But the uh, big importance of this case was that um, the Supreme Court recognized certain amendments in the Constitution that actually allowed people to have the right to privacy. Right. Because the, the Founding Fathers kind of like sprinkled it in a little bit, like, you know? It's a little, it's a little hidden. It's a little hidden. Yeah. Like, if you go through it, it, does, it doesn't explicitly say, like you said, but it's implied. All right, so what do you guys say the Fourth Amendment is the best right in the Constitution? I would say the best, but maybe it's up there for one of the most important. One of the most important. Yeah, I feel like sure. there's not any yeah, specifically super important. They're all like... They, they go hand in hand together. Yeah, they, they build off of each other in such an immense amount of like, in such a big way. They, there is no like one good one because they they all complement each other right yeah. like if, the if freedom only, of speech and the right to privacy you know yeah, like if, if you only had one it wouldn't work yeah one more uh, one more thing i want to add in here that i haven't said yet and i don't think anybody else said it um but also the right to defend to self-defense yeah like yeah and yeah. all that stuff second amendment obviously um i think that's, i think that's pretty important because not only is allow people to defend themselves from you know other people but also the government in case they try to overstep boundaries and you know voting doesn't work yeah yeah no, I agree. All right, moving on. Uh, given the Second Amendment, what should what should be done about guns and shootings in the United States? What mm. do you guys think? Michael, you want to start off? Yeah. So, I I would say one thing that we should do is not ban firearms altogether. I feel like we should imply or in place more um, like. What are they called? Um, regulations, more checks, more um, background checks. You know, they check your history. They even go to like your medical records to see what prescriptions you have. And you know, and they they should do a psych test as well, where they check your test your psychological ability. And they should also make it so you can't just go out and buy a gun the same day. There should be like some time and restrictions because I. I feel if someone needs the gun that day, they're gonna use it that day. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like it's like it's not like one of those things that you impulsively buy. It's something that you save up for a significant amount of time, or even you save till you know a few months to a year to most of your life. You know, to you know, get firearms. And that's. That, all right, and that's kind of what I said. I said that we should do like mental mental health checks like every once in a while because you never know when somebody's actually going to like switch their attitude and go crazy and they can't handle their stuff. So, that, you know, they do bad shootings like what happened recently yeah. at the school. I said deeper background checks is the big one, but also like maybe maintenance checks, like just just hospitality checks on the buyer mm -hmm, yeah. to like see if they're actually still doing okay like as, mental health evaluations and stuff yeah like yeah like 
will say that they bought a gun a year later, did they come to buy more ammo, whatever, you should check on them then because, like, yeah. yeah, like Ricky said, whether attitude changes or, yeah, something happened. So, what I think they should put in is um, kind of like a class that you have to take to, like, when you go to get your concealed carry. Uh, you have to take self-defense classes and how to operate the firearm. You have to take them, it's mandatory, mm -hmm. because you're carrying it on you all times, right? Mm -hmm. It's gonna be on you. Um, and so I feel like instead of just having that for, uh, for just carrying, I feel like that should just be for purchasing. Just, just having a thought, looking at it, you should have the training to use it, you know? Know, know when you can and when you can't. Because, you know, it's not guns that kill, it's people that kill. No, that's literally true, because I can say this from experience. When I went to a gun store with my family member, there was a guy that bought a gun, and the gun person handed over the gun to the guy, and he was clueless of what he was holding, and he had no safety with it. He was, like, pointing at people. Yeah, he was, like, you know. not intentionally pointing at people to, like, hurt them, but, like, just he was clueless of what he was doing. Yeah, he was waving around. He was, like, crazy. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was treating it like a toy, not a tool. Exactly. Or a weapon. And that's why, yeah, one of the reasons why we need, you know, these uh, classes to help people with gun safety. I do agree. It's like, um, like we should have like uh, more restrictions, like kind of just like more regulations. Um, there's like a source I have from TexasTribune.org, and it was like saying how, quote, only six states, Florida, Washington, Vermont, California, Illinois, and Hawaii have increased the minimum purchase age for long guns to 21 years old, according to the Giffords Law Center to prevent to prevent gun violence, end quote. Um, I don't know. It's just like it kind of makes sense because it's like how are you gonna be able like how are you gonna be able to be able to purchase uh, uh, like the gun that's used in like usual mass shootings or like um, for like at 18 years old, but you can't just buy like a small handgun at 21. And I understand it's like just for like uh, because it's like it's easier to hide a handgun, but it's kind of like if you don't recognize the situation where school shootings or like or mass shootings are just happening because 18 year olds are buying like ARs or like um, it's just like it's just a problem to I don't know it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense to like prohibit handguns from at 20 until 21 years old but not at 18 years old for like long for rifles. long rifles and yeah. that that is one thing that I can agree I feel like they should flip-flop the restrictions and kind of make rifles the you know the odd one out like make it so that you have to go through loops to get it like you have to get certified and all this other stuff kind of like scuba diving like to go scuba diving you need to be certified in scuba diving right otherwise you're just swimming yeah yeah then you know like the certifications like actual documentation saying that you know how to use and you're capable of you know, using the firearm and you have the responsibility to use the firearm. I feel like that, that's what needs to be put in place. One thing I want to go back to that you mentioned earlier with like mental health checks and, yeah. and classes and training and stuff. Um, I know that a lot of, there are, uh, are a few countries in, um, in Europe, uh, such as Sweden and Switzerland that have um, gun regulations similar to what you were talking about. Um, but basically they have to, um, well for one, they have to store firearms in a, like a secured building or facility. Um, they can't have them in their house. But they also have to go through extensive mental health evaluations, background checks, um, and just all this kind of stuff that I think we should also use. I agree with you on that. Um, yeah. But just like seeing how in, in Sweden, Switzerland, and these European countries, how they have these regulations and the gun crime and just crime in general is generally pretty low. Yeah. And honestly, the idea of 
stopping people from like doing mass shootings and banning guns does sound like a good idea but it's honestly never gonna happen because we've had Especially guns America, yeah. yeah we have we had we, guns we have, for so long there's more guns than people on the earth exactly and like just because a lot of people want to ban guns it's not gonna happen it's gonna be impossible well, even if you did ban guns it just makes it illegal to have a gun and it's already and, illegal to kill someone and if someone already has like an illegally purchased firearm what's gonna stop them from going and purchasing another one you know like banning the rifle is just putting like banning it entirely getting it off of the streets and all this other stuff getting it would not it would do more harm than good because now you have an entire country that cannot defend themselves against you know armed threats or it becomes illegal to or it becomes illegal to defend yourself exactly plus we gotta talk about you know the second amendment obviously it's a right and constitution so you're allowed to own a firearm but also uh, shall not be infringed the last part of that obviously and it's the second amendment it's the second thing that they wrote down it's in the door right can't take away you know people's rights to do that so obviously there should be tight regulations but don't get rid of the guns because guns generally are not a problem in my in my opinion as well it's more it's mostly the people not the guns oh yeah I just want to say like um it is an issue that people, that people are like the more the problem than just the gun because um, according to like every time research.org they were like mentioning how um, like while federal laws require background checks for all gun sales by licensed gun dealers it is not required uh, to have like background checks for guns sold by unlicensed uh, sellers so there's like there's like unlicensed sellers out there that will just distribute firearms to like dangerous people too there's like they'll sell it to people with domestic violence um, like domestic domestic abusers or uh, felons or just even more dangerous people so because at the end of the day since it's a private buyer they don't have the government's you know system to check on all that stuff it's a private buyer which means he doesn't know the person is coming to pick up the gun he just knows he's coming to pick up the gun right yeah so he could just so they could just buy like a gun and just like have no questions asked exactly exactly yeah I feel like if we're talking about regulations on firearms, we should also, probably also talk about regulations on you know people that are selling weapons. Selling weapons, yeah, because I, I also agree. I think that there shouldn't be not private sellers. I think there, there should be regulations on what you can sell. Like, if you're going to sell, I think you should, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think right. if you're going to sell, you're going to need the... I don't know. I'm just gonna leave it at that. My brain died. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all good. All right, for number three, what should what should what should be done to address the national debt in the United States? And think about where we get the money, and how we and what are we spending. Um, I guess I'll start it off. I personally think like the government needs to really commit to their budget instead of like just considering like oh increase the spending capacity and just like go over more than like spend more than just what they can actually produce. Yeah. And so it's like. They have to. Then they should also look into like better or alternative and better ways to like make money without having to like borrow so much. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that it should look into also. And honestly, I was thinking about like this certain method how we could do where where they do have a certain limit that they could spend, but then there's also a grace period because if they don't like pay back the amount of money they owe, then it just goes away. Because honestly, the government makes the money, so. Why did they have to charge themselves to do stuff? Yeah, and I can't remember who or which president it was, but they were they were running on a pay-as-you-go plan for a while. That was not uh, from the Bush, the first Bush administration. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's just it's a good policy. Mm-hmm. Whatever, if you want to get something paid for, you have, you have to, to find come, the funding. You have to fund it yourself. You mm-hmm. can't just 
Yeah, you just can't print more money for it. Yeah, actually, um, that was something else I was talking about too. Um, the pay-go rule was actually very good because for the for the ten years that, or from the ten years that uh, Bush uh, put it into law to until it ended, um, the government had ended up with like a huge surplus of money, um, which is kind of the reason why we're in debt right now is because they decided to the government like, oh, we have so much money, you know, we're gonna just throw it all away and then realize, oh shoot, now we're. Yeah, you know, trillions of dollars in debt. Another thirty um, trillion. But down. I think that if we were able to reimplement that rule somehow, um, I don't know how many people are going to use it these days, considering you know politicians and stuff. But if we were to, if we were to uh, put that back into practice, I think it would be a very effective method of being able to find get the government to pay for all the programs that they always want to fund but never have the funding for. Yeah. Because yeah, because because what you were saying, if I understood right, is in order to get more funding, they would just print more money, right? Well, I mean. That's how inflation works. I'm, I'm yeah. just saying, like, it's more like they don't really care if they have the funding or not. It's more like they just pay for the stuff and then okay. they'll think about the funding later, which is why we're getting so much debt. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Why we make? And that's why we have credit cards. <laughs> also, I think another possibility and this is decreased spending, but one option for that would be decrease in the military, just because we spend all. I'm not saying get rid of it obviously. No, obviously. We um we spend we spend more money than the next you know, on our military than the next eight countries combined. Um and that's just for what to add on to that real quick, um just a reference of how much money the military spends. Uh a couple years ago, uh back before the COVID crisis all started, uh the military had to release after um after they had start started pulling trips out of Afghanistan, like before it all happened, but like while they were doing it, they released a report. Um, they they released a report about all like where all the money and all the funding and all the operations were happening in Afghanistan, and it turned out that a lot of the money they were using was literally just thrown to random places just so they could get rid of it to meet the budget. So the, most a lot of the money that the military has isn't even being used. Like for the military, exactly. It's just being given. There's, there's throwing it into random things uh, in order to make up all their budget. So I agree with Duncan. Decreasing military spending would probably help a little bit, uh, but just considering the amount of debt we're in, yeah. be the only. You gotta start somewhere. So. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's see where we're at right now. All right. What do you guys say the most powerful branch in the U.S. government? I think legislative branch. Because we talked about this in class, yeah. and that was the main branch that controlled everything and had to give permission to do anything. I, yeah, legislative branch. I mean, okay, um, that, that that makes sense. I, uh, I also want to add on, like, yeah, the legislative branch is kind of really powerful. Um, what is it? I have a source. It just says it's by what is it called? Bartleby.com. They're just like mentioning how, um, like. What is it? The legislative branch, they have like a lot of powers, like they make the laws and like they approve of them. Um, they also, they can have like, they could also have the ability to override like a president's decision. And like, um, yeah, they're like, those are pretty powerful because like the laws, they kind of shape like how our society works and like what is allowed and what isn't. And like how, uh, I guess like, it just kind of has a really big impact on us and then our society. And then also to override like a president's decision, like that's also really powerful because like that's like kind of the leader of our nation. So it's like if he, if the t president wanted to like make a decision, then, like the legislative branch could just decide like they don't want it. And yeah. They could like, easily just turn down and stuff. So. Like, yeah. Exactly. The, the president, even though he's the president, he always needs permission from the legislative branch, no matter what. 
Yeah. Like, even just... Or she, oh. yeah. Okay, now we're talking about genders now. <laughs> Alright, but like, yeah. It's because, like last time, when he had a... When he, what did he have to do? He had to do a meeting, right? Or he wanted to pass a law and he had to give... Get permission from the legislature. Well, legislature. the president doesn't pass laws. Um, he can introduce yeah. a bill that he wants to create into a law, but the legislative branch one has to. Like that was kind of my point. They check the law and they look through it and see if it's constitutional or if it voids any rights and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. Um, but speaking on how you know powerful legislative branch is, um, the Constitution gives the legislative branch a lot of powers, which is probably why it is the longest article. Um, but most of the, like. Negotiating rights has a lot of important powers, um, like declaring war, printing money, taxing, um, regulating, uh, maintaining the military, commerce, creating laws and stuff. All this like just shows that the founding fathers put a lot of time and effort into um, this specific branch of the government that they wanted to be the ones to make all the important decisions for the country. So that just, to me, makes it seem like they wanted this branch to be the most powerful because you know it's all these, it's not just one singular person like the president. It's all these people coming together to yeah. do yeah. all the different I said that the judicial branch is actually the most powerful because in the Supreme Court so there's nine nine judges and they make the biggest decisions in court cases in the United States, which means each individual in the Supreme Court has more power than pretty much every other American in the United States. That was my reasoning on it, but listening on why you guys think the legislative branch is more powerful, I'm going to have to agree. I mean, I originally did think that the judicial branch was pretty powerful just because that the one thing that they have over everybody else that once they make a decision nobody else can override it except them yeah. Yeah. so I can see how you could see or I can understand why you think that the Jesus Prince one was powerful yeah. I mean I thought the judicial branch was, had more power at the beginning because they aren't able to get their what, what's said overridden like, like you were saying but after hearing the legislative branch definitely I, I feel like that has more power than the other yeah, branches. They, they control, they they control, control the economy pretty much by managing the money. They mm-hmm. control the wars by declaring war. They control. The they, they manage much, the government. Yeah. They manage basically the influx of money that's coming into our country because of, they control wars. They control what if there is a war, if there isn't, if they're saving, if there's not. Yeah, they manage the military pretty much. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, legislative. I think we all agree on that. Yeah. Yes. All right. Here's a big topic we're gonna get into. Does our government do a good job at representing all Americans. I feel like there's so many of us to actually represent all of us. So not really. I don't. Think I, mean, I mean, I yeah. think they're doing their best for what they can do. Yeah. But I mean, I don't. I don't think it's like on purpose that not everyone is, you know, um, you know, viewed and all this other stuff. Mainly because it's not on purpose. Mainly. Because my thought is, is like, there's just too many people, you know? Like, there's so many people all at one time in the U.S. that you can't really keep tabs with everybody. You're going to have enemies everywhere you go, no matter what side you're on. So, I mean, it's it's mainly just whoever likes them the most, you know? I feel like this question kind of depends on, uh, like, your viewpoint on the government and what kind of person you are. Yeah. yeah. Especially, like, determined based on, like, sexuality, your race, or whatever. It's uh, definitely a, a people, all, all people have different opinions, so it's kind of difficult to get any 
specific one, and generally yeah. people, depending on like their differences, are gonna think a lot different about how the government. Yeah, I kind of saw like I kind of saw it as if like Americans as a whole aren't like viewed or like aren't represented that um, like good enough, I guess, because like I remember there was an assignment we had. Um, it was like. Something about like the electoral college. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like talking about how we were looking at all these different elections. I remember there was this election in two thousand with Bush and Gore. It was showing how like Gore won like the popular vote. Mm-hmm. And so it was like he won by like one point something percent. But um he lost like the electoral college vote by like one like not like a very small difference from Bush. And so it's like I guess that kind of shows how like our I guess like voting system is like it should be fixed because like it's not representing like the people's opinions like yeah it's, it's like kind of shutting them down and like the popular vote is like kind of useless cause it's like saying that you have an opinion but you don't yeah it's yeah. like yeah it's like trying to make them feel included but really like the popular vote only shows like what they wanted and not actually impact like yeah. the whole election with yeah. like, president and stuff. i i don't think that the government represents the u.s equally or fair or does a good job at all actually because it's or the the federal government at least it's mostly old white guys oh yeah yeah america is not mostly old white yeah exactly other races there's a lot of genders and it's a mixing pot (laughs) we are literally the mixing pot of the world um yeah so i I feel like just having a bunch of old white guys doesn't well i don't think they're gonna be fit for making decisions for all of america yeah um one thing i want to build off that is that um like there are old white guys that are trying to fix that, like uh, like President Biden. Um, obviously, he nominated a black woman to the Supreme Court um, for the sole purpose of trying to diversify um, the whole thing. Um, and I think that's one way that the, the government can actually help fix that kind of problem um, is to have the people or to have officials that are going to purposefully um, like change the. Um, like demographics of each separate like part of the government so for example if you have the power to like president biden to appoint certain officials to positions if you could make them different than what most people already are there it kind of like helps spread out yeah but i feel like if you if you only appoint them because of the race rather than their capability then you're not going to get better results that is true. Um, yeah. So uh, I feel like, and obviously, we want the diversity just so there's better representation. Diversity, I, th- I think it's a mix between diversity and qualification. Like, they need to be qualified for the job, but, you know, it, it there needs to be diversity because everybody needs to be represented, yeah, you know? It, it can't just only be white guys. Yeah. Yeah, because that's just one not representative and also just not a good look. Yeah, it's not a good look. It's basically saying that America only represents white guys. Yeah. And that's not what our country was built off of in the first place. Yeah. It, it was it was built off of people trying to make change. So, yeah. All right. What companies do the best job at demanding or... Oh. <laughs> what companies do the best job of increasing demand in potential customers? Um, so, in general, companies that are... Um, more innovative and create like user-friendly products that are like helpful to the people that use them generally are more successful and um, have demand more customers just because they like are able because customers are able to understand and use use that stuff um, and if it's more innovative then it helps like the current market 
and helps us like improve our economy and our quality of life. I said just the companies that like follow trends. So like if something's trending right now, then they'll 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 increase demand. We'll have more. Uh, customers and like one that stuck out to me is like Apple. They, oh, I said that too. They, they release new phones and like they're and they're good, but they're also super overpriced. But their old phones die out, and people want to keep or want the new technology from Apple. So instead of you know, they charge fourteen hundred dollars for a phone, and people will buy it. And going off that, um, Apple's like Apple's very good at making very user friendly products um, that are like constantly. Um, like getting upgraded as time goes on and like all their products always like assimilate very well together like their iphone mac ipad all that stuff you can use very together like, and efficiently yeah. and it, it just works yeah the interface for all of them is like really appealing. And they're all the same so like everything connects really easily yeah, yeah. all she said <laughs> um i was saying about like walmart or like any type of like produce store because people need food there's always gonna be customers for like a market Honestly, I don't know if that's what we're talking about, but <laughs> I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, no, no. Good. Good. Um, another uh, another um, company that I said is like has a good like demand and everything. I'm gonna say it's Tesla. Not, yeah. not, a lot, not a lot of people are you know not too many people are looking up to you know for Tesla, but like they have obviously they're very um known yeah well-known. The, 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 well-known. Branding's, the branding's like super effective Everybody they, they kind of go to space sometimes yeah. Yeah. so and they, uh, they're like moving towards that next step in the evolution of like vehicles and stuff yeah like, making fully electric so you can avoid natural gas and stuff so like their innovation in that specific atmosphere kind of um, helps them like become more well-known like demanded by the people mm-hmm. yeah i would say a way that they draw their demand is being very flashy because you know a man that designed a car also designed a rocket and has also shot that rocket into orbit or shot that car into orbit with a rocket with so a rocket. i mean <laughs> it's it's very very it's orbiting the sun right now it is yeah, he, his car orbiting the sun he draws attention upon himself which draws attention upon the whole company the whole company and you know and, and it could be a good thing it could be a bad thing it could be like a good thing that He's getting a whole bunch of representation. Could be a bad thing. Like, oh, he's showboating. You know? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, like the most important part of that is the, like just the way the company itself like is able to assimilate into the market. Like with electric vehicles, that's a huge thing that's going on. Like, so the co- not just you know the lead of the company, but like the company itself like, moving towards that next step is helping them become more effective and like known. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. All right, so what would you guys say your biggest takeaway in government class was? Uh, my biggest takeaway? I'm looking forward to college. Your biggest takeaway was being bored and being able to look forward to the future. Look forward to the end of the day. On three-fourths is done. That, that was my big takeaway. I feel like all the adventures we have with the assignments and me trying to catch up. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was a pretty fun class. I like the class in general. I mean, he's a really good teacher. Yeah. Uh, I would say, like, probably... I feel like this class kind of really opened my eyes about, like, how the government works. Yeah. It's, like, the future as well. Like, it makes us really think about, like, like we should consider, like, trying to make a difference and an impact to our society because there are really big problems that we have to take care of so yeah yeah i believe that is it yeah that was the that was a podcast yeah all right guys thanks for staying tuned to our podcast (laughs) we'll see you guys next time
Bye.